Well, it's my uh, immense privilege now to introduce Wendy Mann, who's going to be speaking to us. We'll have some uh, time later on to do some ministry with a team that she's brought as well. But uh, I want to wholeheartedly uh, commend Wendy to you. She's been such an inspiration. She's been a spiritual mother to me. Uh, and uh, I've had the privilege of sitting under her teaching many times. And it's been such wonderful. I've been uh, loving reading her books. Uh, I've really enjoyed some of the personal times that I've had. Uh, to catch up with her as well as with Simona, just to learn from her, to let her speak into our lives. And uh, I'm great, grateful that she's made the time to be with us here this morning. And uh, we're so open to receive everything uh, she's got to say to us this morning. So over to you, Wendy. Thank you so much, Vata. Thank you, everybody. Good morning. Give me a wave. So great to be with you guys at Life Church. I'm so excited that you guys are doing a series on emotional health. Um, I'm going to speak into that series, uh, your Live Well series, based on a lot of the content from this book, The Emotionally Healthy Church. Um, I feel so excited you're doing this because it feels like such an important topic that we don't speak about loads in churches. And I, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, when I was like a young adult, um, I wouldn't have described myself as emotionally healthy. I don't know if, I don't know if you would have. Um, my parents are absolutely amazing, but we never really talked about how to deal with emotions. Um, we just didn't do that. And so when I came to Bedford and I came to university, I really didn't know how to express emotion. I didn't really cry. I wore lots of masks and I was pretty stuck emotionally, to be honest, because I had a lot of pain in my heart. And then I came into a church family at the King's Arms where it was a different culture and people showed each other who they really were and they took their masks off and they were received with love and acceptance. And bit by bit, the culture began to change my heart. And um, I remember one particular really significant moment for me. I sat with a friend, this was years ago now, and I started to open up about some stuff that was painful in my heart. And I started to get a little bit emotional. And when I looked up to my friend, I saw that she was crying. And it was absolutely mind-blowing for me because for the first time in my life, someone was feeling so much compassion for the pain I was feeling that they were crying. They were, they were crying because of my pain. And her tears gave me permission to go deeper and to really express the depth of pain in my heart. It was like, it was like her tears drew the pain out of me, like she validated my emotions and every so often over the years, we, we've played this silly game. I don't know, I don't know if you've ever had been asked this question. Who, who have you met who makes you, who reminds you most of Jesus? I don't know if you've ever played that. But if ever I'm in that situation, I always talk about Megan, this, this woman who cried with me. Because she showed me, she, she gave me a glimpse of what Jesus is like. Because he would have been doing that too, wouldn't he? He would have been sat there feeling compassion and entering into my pain with me. And I love that about Jesus. Jesus is not scared of emotion. Jesus is not scared of emotion. He is the one who demonstrates perfect emotional health. I love what the scripture teaches us about Jesus, that he was anointed with joy above his companions. Love to have seen that. I wonder what that looked like. Um, it also tells us he got angry in the temple, at the behavior of people in the temple. He got angry. Um, the Bible tells us that. It tells us that Jesus had loads of compassion on the sick and the broken. He felt deep compassion for them. And we also read that at Lazarus's tomb, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And I find this staggering because he knew he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew what was about to happen, but he still wept. He still entered into the pain of Mary and Martha and others who were gathered at the tomb. And 
I find that amazing. And this this morning, I want to talk a little bit about how do we embrace grief and loss. And uh, it's not something we talk about loads in the church, but I think it's actually really important that we learn how to healthily embrace grief and loss so that we stay emotionally healthy. And the reason I think it's so important for us to talk about this is that grief and loss are a very normal part of life for all of us, isn't it? Um, You know, you can have devastating losses, things like the death of a loved one or divorce or cancer or um, the shattering of a lifelong dream. These are devastating losses. And we can also have other losses, what we might call more natural losses, like your friendship changes or a child moves away or you lose your job or your small group ends or a grandparent dies, more natural losses. But these are equally important for us to process well so that we stay healthy. And in this season that we've been in, this crazy season, all of us are experiencing loss all the time. We're all experiencing loss. The, the loss of not being able to meet together with our friends, the loss of not being able to worship corporately in the same room with each other, the loss of not being able to give people we love hugs. All of us, I mean, we might have lost jobs, we might have lost loved ones. All of us in the season are experiencing multiple losses. And it's so important that we learn what to do with them so that we are healthy. And in my experience, there's a few different ways, a few different areas I've seen in terms of how people deal with grief and loss. I just want to give you four, see if you can recognize yourself. The the first error is denial. So denial is when you don't even acknowledge that you've got any grief or loss at all in your heart. You just deny it. You kind of put yourself, put a barrier around your heart and you deny it. The, The second error is minimizing. And when we minimize our pain, we're, we're acknowledging the loss we're experiencing. We acknowledge the grief, the grief, but then we compare our loss with someone else's loss and someone else's grief. And we think, well, compare, compared to them, what I'm feeling is nothing. And we minimize our grief and our loss. And in doing so, we don't give ourselves full permission to express the pain in our heart. Third thing is avoidance. Avoidance is where we try to do anything we can to have to avoid, to avoid having to look at the pain in our hearts. So we get busy or we drink or we comfort eat or we um, struggle with addiction because we're trying to numb the pain that we're feeling. We want to avoid it. So we find other things to keep us busy and to distract us so that we can avoid the pain. And the last one I've called hurry. The last error I've called hurry. And this is, this is where we don't take enough time. We don't take the time we need to take to really be with God, to really sit with Jesus in our pain and our grief to get healthy. We have that mindset of, I just got to get through this because I'm meant to still have a, a loads of faith and be expectant. And the Bible says, uh, rejoice always. Again, I will say rejoice. So I just need to get rid of this pain so I can keep rejoicing. And we don't allow ourselves to really sit with it to really work it through and get into a place of health. And um, Scazzaro has a brilliant chapter on all of this. And one of the things he says about our losses is this. He says, stuffed down and denied, 
They gather in our souls like heavy stones that weigh us down. Unattended to over time, they prevent us from entering into walking freely and honestly with God and others. And so this is a, this is a big deal. It's a really big deal. It's really important. We've got to learn from Jesus when it comes to embracing grief and loss. And so how do we do it? And I just want to give two practical ways that we can go on this journey of embracing grief and loss. And the first one is this. We, we need to sit with it. We need to sit with it. And what I mean by that is that we need to acknowledge it. We need to say, we need to recognize, actually, I have got loss and grief in my heart. And we need to sit with Jesus and give us God, give ourselves space to feel it and to express it. And we need to take time to process what we're feeling with him. And when it comes to processing what we're feeling and being honest with God, it's much like writing a psalm. So if you ever sit with God and you're like, I have no idea where to start. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do this processing thing. Then go to the Psalms, spend some time in the Psalms because the Psalmists give us brilliant examples of how to do this. You know, if you read the Psalms, they do not hold back when it comes to expressing what's in their heart. Let me just give you a couple of examples. Psalm 6 verse 6, David says, I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. Anyone, anyone, anyone ever been able to say that about their process? Psalm 31 verse 9, David again says, Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul is withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. I mean, the psalmist don't hold back. David gives us a brilliant picture of what it means to sit with your grief and with your loss. And we need to make time to do this, to sit with our pain and to learn to lament well. We don't talk about lamenting very much, but you guys will know that there is a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. And we all believe, don't we, that the Bible is given to us to teach us and to train us and to edify us and to coach us. But we don't often spend time in Lamentations learning from it. And I think particularly in the West, we need to learn how to lament well, how to get with God, sit with him and lament our grief and our losses, not just for our own benefit, although it is for our benefit, because when we do that, we're able to stay connected with God and receive his love and have our hearts remain soft, but also for the benefit of those around us who don't yet know Jesus. Because if we sit with God and sit with our grief and we lament our loss and God rushes in, we can then help other people who need breakthrough as well. We can, we can reveal the Father to them as well. It's often funny when you have a preach to do um, how God gives you an opportunity to live it out as you're writing it. So just as I was writing this a couple of weeks ago, I had a moment where I needed to sit with God about some loss. And I it was to do with a work situation. I'd received an email that had really upset me. And I remember calling a friend of mine to talk it through. And I was in I was in floods of tears. And I said to her at one point, I just need to get with Jesus and sort my heart out. <laughs> and she said, Yes, it's good that you want to get with Jesus, but you don't have to get with Jesus to make yourself not feel the loss. She said, it's okay, to, you need to get with Jesus, but it's okay to come out of your time with Jesus still feeling that this is hard and that this, there's loss here. And I was like, oh yeah, I was trying to do the hurry thing, just get through it. 
And uh, so I did. I sat with Jesus. I cried. I wept in my room, put worship music on, just expressed out loud to God how I was feeling about this particular situation. Tried not to filter it, just got it all out of my system. Tried not to squash the emotion, got the emotion out, sat with my grief, sat with my loss. And then I knew I had to forgive some people. And so I spent some time forgiving. And the Bible talks about when you forgive, forgive from the heart. So you have to be connected in your heart when you forgive. It's not just a mental decision. So I did some forgiving. And then I just sat with God and let him just come and fill me with his love. And I got to the end of that process and uh, I, I felt loads freer. I mean, I still felt sad. I still was aware of the loss, but my connection with the father was good. There was a softness in my heart towards the people I'd had the email from who I'd, that I'd found difficult. It, it, it meant that lies couldn't get in and lodge into my heart because my heart was soft and there was healing in my heart. It made a huge difference. Now, if I hadn't sat with God and, and gone through that whole process, the loss would have still been there, like a heavy stone weighing me down. But because I sat with the Father, sat with the loss, uh, I, I was able to step into some freedom. So that's the first thing. In order to embrace grief and loss, we've got to sit with it. We've got to let ourselves sit with it with the Father. And the second thing is we, we need to allow God to comfort us. Um, and the reason I say allow God to comfort us is I think we're not always very good at allowing the Father to comfort us. I think we're often too quick at moving on. We, we kind of sit with God, we process, and then we crack on with the rest of our lives. And I think it's really important that we learn to allow the Father to pour his comfort into us. Um, you know, I was thinking, if you think of a mother comforting their child, it's not a quick fix thing, is it? It's not like the, the child runs and jumps on the mum's lap and then rushes off. The child nestles into the mother. The mother sits, maybe sings over, I love Simonia's story, maybe sings over the child. The, the child receives the affection of the mother and they linger. They linger in this position and there's comfort and the child receives the mother's comfort. I think all too often for me anyway, I, it's like I do jump into the father's lap and then I'm like, right, crack on. And I don't just let myself just lean back into his comfort and just receive his comfort. Take a moment to let the father comfort me. I think it's also, it's also possible, isn't it, for kids to, re to refuse comfort from their parents. So either they run from it or they might sit on their parents' lap, but they're rigid. They're like, I don't really want to receive this. So they're kind of sat there and the parents trying to comfort them, but they're, they're kind of shut off because they don't really want to receive it. And we can do that with the father too. You know, we can sit on his lap, but we're like, I'm just going to hold it all together. I'm not going to let it all go because I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm sitting, but I'm not actually able to receive the comfort of the father because I haven't fully let myself lean into his arms. And I think when we, when we don't allow ourselves to really go there with the pain we're feeling, it's like we're holding ourselves together. So we can't really let the Father come fast because we're not giving him all of us. Whereas when you give the Father all of your heart, you get to receive all of his comfort. And so how are you, how are you doing at letting the Father comfort you in your loss and in your grief? And again, allowing God to comfort us is brilliant, obviously, for us. Also, it's really important for those who don't yet know Jesus because 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3 says, God is our merciful Father, the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that 
we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So if we haven't received the comfort from the Father, we cannot effectively comfort those around us who need it and reveal the Father to them too. So loss and grief, a normal part of of our lives. The truth is they have the potential to change us and to grow us if we embrace them. And the way that we embrace loss and grief are a couple of ways is we've got to sit with it, got to sit with it with the Father, get with the Father, process, express, and also allow the Father to comfort us, receive his comfort. And I haven't got time to go into all of, all of this detail at all, but in, again, Scazzera in his book, he lists, he's got a whole list of the benefits that are available to us if we embrace loss and, comfort, uh, loss and grief. And I think it's amazing. I'm just going to read it to you. I just want to encourage you to let this truth give you faith. He says this, changes that come through mourning. We have a greater capacity to wait on God and surrender to his will. We are kinder and more compassionate. We are less covetous and less idolatrous. We are liberated from having to impress others. We are able to live more comfortably with mystery. We are characterized by a greater humility and brokenness. We have fewer fears and a greater willingness to take risks. We sense the reality of heaven in a new way. We have a greater sensitivity for the poor and we are more at home with ourselves and with God. Wow. I don't know about you. I don't know if you want that, but I long for that. And... You know, Scazzaro also says, the degree to which I can learn to grieve my own losses is in direct proportion to the depth and quality of my relationship with God and the compassion I can offer to others. I think that's, that's profound. And so this is a really important for us to embrace and to go on. We're going to be learning how to do it for the rest of our lives. But if we can learn to grieve our own losses the result will be quality relationship with God and compassion and connection with others. And uh, as a result, we'll be able to reveal the Father to those around us. So I want to encourage us. Let's, Let's begin to recognize our grief and our loss. Let's not run from it. Let's sit with it. Let's allow the Father to comfort us. Let's allow him to heal our hearts and use us powerfully in seeing his kingdom advance wherever we go. Bless you guys. I just want to pray. Why don't you just receive, uh, however you most feel comfortable, you might want to close your eyes, put your hands out. And I just want to pray for the Father just to rush in. Thank you, God. Just just let him come to you. Just take a moment. And the great news is if, if, you're, if your room at the moment is chaotic because you've got kiddies around or God is still going to answer this prayer okay so father i just thank you that you are going to come into every room into every heart to every child every adult and uh papa we just we just thank you so much for jesus example to us when it comes to entering into pain and processing grief and sitting with loss And uh, Father, thank you that you are a comforter. You're the one who promises to comfort us. You're the only one who can. 
And uh, right now, Father, I just pray that you would just pour out your grace on every person in this call. Pour out your grace, Father, on every person. I pray that every person would be aware of your presence rushing in right now. Every person would be aware of your closeness. Pray, God, that we would not go down the route of minimising loss or feeling like we should just be okay with the stuff that's going on, particularly the more natural losses. God, I pray you'd help us to realise the benefit of sitting with you and lamenting and lamenting when we need to. God, for those of us who are parents, God, teach us how to do this well so that we can teach our kids how to lament, how to grieve, how to process loss. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just come and fill us. Come and speak to us. God, I thank you that you promised to bind up the brokenhearted. And I pray, Father, that you would come and do that in this church family. God, would you grow us into men and women who are spiritually healthy, who have hearts that are not weighed down by heavy stones of loss, but who have hearts that are soft, full of compassion, connected to you. Help us, Father, I pray. Help us, God. Help us. We need your help, Father. We need your help, Father. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Yeah, Father, we just thank you, Father. We just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your kingdom. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you uh, just that you've rescued us. We thank you that you know us. You know exactly what's going on. And we just pray. We just pray and declare blessing over each household. We pray for this church family. We pray, God, that you would really um, pour blessing um, over this church family. We thank you for everyone who is part of it. And we just we just pray for abundance. Pray that there'll be a brilliant celebration this evening for Phil and Liz. Pray for lots of fun and laughter and joy. And uh, yeah, we just, just speak blessing over these guys in the name of Jesus. Fauter, I'm going to hand back to you, my friend. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you so much, Wendy. What an absolute joy to have you and the team, uh, team as well. Uh, thank you uh, for sharing. Uh, I could continue to do this all day, guys, but uh, we have sadly come to the end of uh, our time together. So we're going to uh, close off the meeting here. Uh, if you want to know some more, uh, we've got a weekly newsletter that comes out called Life News. You can sign up to that via our website and uh, that will give you more stories of testimonies and things that are going on uh, in, uh, uh, in the family of the church together. Uh, we are back 10.30 uh, again next week, 10.15, if you want to say hello to a few people and wave at one another. Uh, and we really look forward to see you then next week.